everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, Senior Editor of Cargo Facts, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Jeff Lee, our Associate Editor. If we go back just over a year, on March 9th, 2020, we reported on what we thought may have been a temporary solution to what were at the time a limited number of passenger flight cancellations in Asia, with Cathay Pacific's then-subsidiary Cathay Dragon using passenger-configured A330-300s solely to carry cargo between Hong Kong and select destinations in mainland China, most notably Beijing and Shanghai, and Singapore Airlines with its Scoot subsidiary flying cargo in the belly hold of its 787s. These were the early days of the passenger freighters, Jeff. Back then, did you think we would still be writing about, about passenger freighters one year later? Yes, those really were the, the very early days, and I don't think we, we're surprised that they're still happening. Um, but just, yeah, to take us back once again, I mean, mid to late March, we saw these the start of these passenger freighter operations, and then we gradually just continued seeing more and more. And that was partly what prompted us to come up with this with with you know some kind of list uh, that records these operations and in our April 2020 issue we had predicted that 2020 would be the year of the freighter now that, that may have been an understatement because unquestionably 2020 was the year of the very much the year of the freighter but what we didn't know at the time was that it would also be true in another sense because obviously 2020 has also been the year of the passenger freighter. Um, and we kind of knew that these operations would, would continue for some time um, based on what we were seeing and based on what some of the, the operators were telling us. Um, and some had even guessed, you know, 2022. Right. And, and here we are, um, March 2021. There are still extensive passenger freighter flight operations. This week, we published what we believe to be the most comprehensive analysis of passenger freighter operations to date uh, on a carrier-by-carrier basis. Jeff, where are we at today in terms of uh, these operations? These Actually, these operations are quite interesting, and just the scale of um, you know passenger freighter flights today is interesting. I should point out that Towards um, the, well, around the summer of 2020, these operations slowed down a bit, obviously because travel restrictions were lifted and, and passenger flights resumed um, to some extent. And then, you know, by the fall, the, the same thing happened um, with travel restrictions coming in and passenger flights being cancelled. Um, and then the airlines had to, again, improvise and, and start these passenger freighted routes um, and actually we're seeing that compared to the period from March last year to, to the summer uh, from the fall, last fall to, to early 2021 actually the scale has in some ways been even more widespread because we're seeing new newer airlines doing it and you know more aircraft being reconfigured and put on cargo only operations. So up to now, we've seen overall, we've seen more than 2,600 aircraft 
having been used on a cargo only mission at least once. And of these, we've recorded over 220 um, being reconfigured in some way uh, by at least 65 different airlines. Now I should point out that of course, some of these have already returned to passenger service, but the, the important thing is that in total, more than 220 aircraft have now experienced some kind of reconfiguration for cargo. And when we look deeper into the types of the 220 reconfigured aircraft, more than 50 have been 777-300ERs. So that's by far the most popular model for these uh, reconfigurations. Then around 25 each of 767-300s, 737-800s, A330-200s, and A330-300s. What's also interesting is that a couple of 787s and A350s uh, have also been reconfigured. And generally, these reconfigurations are still continuing, and we expect to to see more of them uh, as the weeks and months go by. So more, more are on the way. Uh, could you add a bit of color as to which operators continue to operate uh, large volumes of cargo-only flights? I guess in your opinion, what does this tell us about the regions or trade lanes that are dependent on this extra option for, for Lyft? We collected data on more than 20 airlines and Perhaps it's not a surprise, but Emirates came out on top with uh, 27,800 flights and Qatar Airways with around, well, we estimate around 25,000 flights. So that those two were by far the, the top operators of cargo only flights. And then the third one was a bit of a surprise actually, because it was Japan Airlines and well, they don't have any freighters, um, which is one element of why it's surprising but also they don't have as large a network as some of these other airlines um so for example you know the next one is china airlines and then we have cafe and united air france klm and all of these um have operated more than ten thousand cargo only flights looking at these carriers um on our list the top 14 all have triple seven 300 ers in their fleets and of course they've used them on, on these cargo-only flights. And the top seven are all freighter operators. And as to, you know, for, for the regions, many of these carriers are in the Asia-Pacific or Middle Eastern regions. And they've, obviously, they've got pretty global networks and they've operated many of these flights, um, you know, all around the world. But we are seeing that, Many of these cargo-only flights have served the um, have served Asia, Middle East, um, Europe, um, and particularly the Indian subcontinent too. But actually, you would be surprised because the transatlantic route has also seen heavy passenger freighter use, um, especially in the past few months, and that's been driven mainly by. Uh, by automotive charters, um, which is why we're seeing even airlines without freighters um, doing a lot of work carrying automotive parts between uh, between Germany, mainly Germany and, and the US and Mexico. And we've even seen uh, operators without uh, much history in the, the cargo business 
uh, shuttling auto parts and, and whatnot across the transatlantic lane, haven't we? We have, and uh, one notable uh, example of that is TUI, the TUI group in Germany, which, you know, they were predominantly, or, well, they were a, a leisure carrier, um, you know, going to, you know, sunshine destinations. And those obviously weren't heavy cargo destinations. And now they're using, you know, all of their, not all, but they're using many of their 787s to, to shuttle between Germany and, um, yeah, auto centers in, in North America. And they also, we actually, they also told us that they'll be reconfiguring a few of their 767s too. So, you know, at this stage, it, it is interesting that more reconfigurations are on the way. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves moving forward. If uh, if they stick with with cargo, I'm I'm sure it's uh, more forgiving in, in some cases than uh, than leisure passengers. But ultimately, Jeff, what is it going to take for these operations to wind down? I think there are a couple of scenarios, and one we're kind of seeing already, which is the resumption of of passenger flights, and particularly with the U.S. carriers and then many of the EU carriers without freighters, they do need these aircraft for their passenger flights. And so they they simply can't, you know, have sustained the same level of passenger freighter operations. And yes, they, I mean, yeah, some of these routes might not be, might not be seeing that many passengers. So in effect, it's basically cargo only flying with, you know, a handful of, of passengers or self-loading cargo, as some would say. Uh, on on the main deck, but as the months go by and when capacity starts returning to the to the market, obviously the, the rates will go down and carriers won't, wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for them to continue operating um, these passenger freighters. And but all of that, of course, depends on on travel restrictions, um, which in Asia, for example, haven't really been lifted much and so obviously that's this is one region that continues to see large volumes of passenger freighter flights okay prediction time one year from now are we still going to see scheduled passenger freighter flights well you we know how uh, futile predictions are but i think i think i'm gonna say yes because just thinking about the the scale of the the passenger airlines and the, the networks that they have. Well, for one thing, flight frequencies are probably going to be lower. And so, especially for the, those with freighters, um, they do need to feed their freighters and they will still need to operate some level of passenger freighter flights in order to just sustain that level of, of capacity that they had because, because their passenger flights aren't going to be as frequent or, you know, aren't going to be as widespread as, as before. So, you know, as we head into the summer and, and the, the peak, this, this year's peak, I think we will see passenger freighter flights. What about you? Well, there's, there's still a lot of uncertainty about the global economy and the trajectory of, of the pandemic, as you mentioned, recovery of, of passenger networks. Of course, in, in the United States and in, in a few other countries, I'm optimistic at least that vaccines will help, you know, and that from an economic standpoint that 
trillions of dollars in, in stimulus um, should help prop up or uh, fuel consumer demand and, and some of the other uh, traditional drivers of, of air cargo. However, I, I would I would expect that we'll see a, a pretty dramatic reduction. You know, I'm not going to make any predictions as to where rates will be as we move into uh, 2022. Certainly, many of the forwarders are are expecting higher yields uh, through 2022 at the earliest. You know, just based on you know, their expectations around the recovery of of passenger belly hold capacity. I would not expect to see some of the, for example, U.S. mainline carriers operating you know, large numbers of, of passenger flights simply because as they as they they do um, resume service to to destinations, I think we'll see a gradual reduction, you know, but I, I wouldn't rule, rule out completely if, uh, you know, COVID is, is still going to be around in a year. Hopefully we, we don't see many travel restrictions and the, you know, the, the global travel or vaccine passports uh, do catch on and are, are recognized. They are not um, passenger freighter flights will continue. My, my guess though is, yeah, I, I would agree. We'll see, we'll see flights continue um, just on a smaller scale. I mean, yes, because you know many of these airlines will still have spare aircraft lying around, and they might want to make use of them if if they can get the, the returns for it. And uh, I guess depends on fuel prices too. I mean, there are just so many variables; it's hard to even predict. Um, you know, more than I don't know, more than a, more than a few months out, um, but. We shall see, and we'll uh, obviously continue to to follow and track these these operations. I think I think a more interesting question is how many operators without freighters pre COVID, you know, back in in two thousand nineteen, combination carriers. How many will we see move from uh, reconfiguration into full freighter conversion um, to where you know they're actually adding full freighters to their fleets? You know, do you think we'll see? See any carriers uh, take that plunge, or or is this a, a fleeting exercise? I can think. Well, we've seen a couple that will be moving into the freighter space, but I would assume these were longer term plans. But the as you were saying, that I was thinking of another interesting point, which is you know now that so many airlines have started operating or have operated triple seven three hundred ERs in a kind of cargo only configuration, whether reconfigured or not. What does that mean for the prospects of the 777 300 ERSF conversion? I suspect that a couple of these airlines are now, they, they may be looking more carefully at the 777 300 ERSF. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to see how that, that develops moving forward. That, Unfortunately, just about does it for, for time. To those of you listening, thank you for joining us on this episode of Cargo Facts Connect. For more multimedia content like this, check out cargofacts.com and search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. 